What's up, everybody? This is Toby, and you're listening to the Diverse Podcast, where I sit down with candidates, employers, and entrepreneurs to share their stories and best advice. I'm the founder of Diverse, which is a careers platform supporting underrepresented young professionals and helping them find roles with inclusive employers. Head over to wearediverse.io for the latest opportunities and free resources. Subscribe to us on Apple, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts, and find us on YouTube at We Are Diverse as well. Hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to this episode of Takeoff Podcast. Glad to have you. A very, very special guest in the building, Toby, who is the founder of Diverse. Uh, so, Diverse basically helps underrepresented young people, either at uni or um, elsewhere, to basically help them land roles at some of the top companies in the world, such as American Express. Capital One and Toby's very very passionate about this and I'm very very excited to have him on board today How are you doing today bro? I'm amazing man, I'm amazing, I appreciate you having me on Yeah You were fun enough to one of my events the other day so I'm returning the favour Yeah, yeah, no, good, right. that, that, that was good actually, that was a good event I, I, I very much enjoyed, enjoyed that and it actually gave me a lot of buzz Doing right, you get that yeah, right, that's yeah. why I love what I do, you know, you give that advice that you get people live, hear some comments mm-hmm. I don't know, it's nothing like that feeling. Exactly, exactly. You, you can't really uh, take away from that. So before we get into a bit more about you, I always ask everybody this question. What's your worst financial mistake? Oh yeah, I noticed you asked this a couple of times. So <laughs> I, I, don't think, I was like, you know what? I, I was like, you know what? I've not made too many. And mm. part of the reason was, you know, uni especially, we didn't have a whole lot of money to be okay. making mistakes. Yeah. So, you know, it wasn't too many, but I do, Distinctly remember, and I'm, I'm glad I'm sharing this because I think other people can learn from this as well. Yeah. Um, me, and, me and my best friend, it was the second year of uni, I went mm-hmm. to Loughborough Uni. Mm-hmm. Um, we, were, we were in my room and playing Rayman on the PlayStation, PlayStation okay. 4, <laughs> and I uh, was getting into it. Great, great game, great yeah, game. Great game. Great game. Yeah. Um, got a call from Santander, mm-hmm. and they said, Oh, someone's trying to. Uh, hack into your account, mm-hmm. you just need to verify a few details. Mm-hmm. I was like, ah, it's long, I'm about to complete Rayman. Mm-hmm. Um, this just happened a while ago, I got a message from Nationwide, Standard, I know, I know what this is all about, just let me know what I need to do. And the guy, my man's like, yeah. we're just about to send you a code, <laughs> just read the code, let me know what the code is. I was like, cool, alright, let me get to it. Text message come through, 5682, Talon. He goes, okay, thanks very much, sir. about to get this cleared up. We're about to send you another number. Yeah. 2731. Well, wow. send a text to him. And then I put my phone down, go back to playing Rayman, and I get a funny, funny mm. feeling. Funny feeling. And then I was like, nah, I'll be fine. Then I get a call, another call mm-hmm. from Santander. And he said, oh, Toby, this is Santander. We've noticed some strange activity on your account. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, 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 you just called me. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we didn't call you. <laughs> oh, and so that was a lesson. So I lost. Five hundred pounds. Wow. Two hundred pounds and three hundred pounds. Wow. Might not sound like a lot, but it's yeah. second year you need. Yeah, yeah that's a lot. You know, that's game changing. Wow. Really, that means we ain't going out for a couple months. Oh my gosh. So that was devastating. That was devastating. But um, shout out to Sandra there if you're listening. It's all good. It's good customer service. I, I, I use Santander. Very, very good customer good. service. It sounds like that. Yeah, it's good. Oh wow. But I'm glad I shared that because you know. Mm. That happens to people, and yeah. I, I felt really, really bad about it. But mm-hmm. you just got to remember, they 
rarely call you. And yeah. if they do, you can just say, look, I'm going to call you back. Yeah, make sure. Yeah, that's totally fine. Yeah, no, you know what's also funny about that? Um, you remind me of a situation that happened to me. I think, I can't remember who it was, but it was one of my utilities um, years ago called me. And they asked me for my password. And I was about to give it to them, and I just turned up the phone. I was like, "That's weird. Why, why would they just call me to start yeah. asking for my password to verify that?" Like, no, they, they're very slick actually uh, these days. Um, I've had another recent one that happened with Amazon, where they, you know, they do the whole mm. text to make you like, "Oh my god!" Like, some somebody's done something in your account. Clear. Yeah. Gives you that so quickly. Exactly. It gives you that sense of fear, and that's where it doesn't give you the time to think, which is why you to the state. Uh, but yeah, definitely, definitely get that one. Okay, but it's good to you. You haven't steered into too many financial mistakes. Oh my gosh. Um, are you able to give us an insight into what your day in life is like at the moment? Yeah, so for anyone that, that doesn't know, I'm the founder of, of Diverse, as you said off top. Um, free careers community for so black, Asian, ethnic minority, mm -hmm. students and graduates, young professionals here in the UK. Um, basically, we just help them get jobs. Yeah. So, uh, we do careers events, we do, we've got podcasts, the Diverse Podcast, mm -hmm. got lots of guides on how to network for jobs, how to interview for well, and then we've got a job board with employers who are really focused on and committed to diversity and inclusion. Okay. So they're working with us to try and tap into our, mm -hmm. our audience that we have, yeah. and they super committed to diversity and inclusion, they recognise that mm -hmm. they want to help us support our community, which yeah. is really, really nice. Mm -hmm. And you're in a world now where Lots of companies putting out these statements. <laughs> yeah, the ones that we work with, we, we kind of ask them to back up with action. So, yeah. For example, they give us exclusivity. Mm -hmm. So you know, at times, not always, but you know, two weeks window where the jobs only open with us. Okay. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. Or we'll do like events, mm -hmm. or we'll connect them directly to the recruiter, or okay. have a chat, things like that, okay. to really, really make a difference. You know, okay. people are underrepresented, and we just want to bridge that gap. So day in the life, um, wake up. Um, Quarter to seven. Okay. I'm not early rise, I'm a morning yeah. person. Um, uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm useless, bro. I'm useless after 3 p.m. Okay. So I've got a philosophy now that I should probably only work to like 2 p.m. Okay, okay. But I'm not yeah, six yeah. hours. I think I heard six hours is enough. I think like okay. the Spotify uh, CEO, I think he said you've only got between, I think he said between five to six hours creative time. After that, it's downhill. Oh, okay. I think that's what he said. He said it was a short time limit. It wasn't like eight, nine hours, like it's sort of, you know. Times the amounts of time that we work, but yeah, yeah, I think yeah, between five to six hours creative time that you can actually actually do work. That makes me feel good. Yeah, writing <laughs> at four pm is dead. So yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 this podcast is seven pm. <laughs> Who knows what's happen? But wake up at seven mm -hmm. and just get straight down to it. And yeah. I just want to tell you about my breaks actually. So I usually break at like half ten. Okay. And then have a break again for lunch at twelve, and then I'll do okay. a bike ride. At like every single day, I need to be yeah. up quite right to refresh my mind at like uh, three, mm -hmm. and in between, um, you know, might might do a podcast recording, okay. I might write a newsletter that goes out, okay. um, might do an SMS, a lot of copywriting, okay. meetings with young people. That's what I love, doing okay. events and that sort of thing. But yeah, I, I try to keep my calendar a little bit light. I don't want to have too many meetings unnecessarily. Interesting. So I try and try yeah. and do that. Yeah. Well, yeah. very methodical. Why is it so methodical? Like, you got your quarter to seven, you got the 10.30 meeting, you got your bike ride every day, and then, wow, wow. It has Why, to be, is that, is that deliberate? 
Of course, yeah. So yeah. I feel like you have to, right? Yeah. If you're so when I started, I was a one-person entrepreneur. Yeah. Luckily, now I just expanded, got a couple of employees for the mm -hmm. first time, which mm -hmm. is cool. But um, you've got to be, if you're going to be a one-person startup or a small team, you've got to be on it. You've got yeah. to be lean. You've got to be efficient. Yeah. You've got to block time. Mm -hmm. So every hour of the calendar is blocked out yeah. with certain tasks, okay. and that that time was is based on my priorities. So okay. it's got to be like a. Like an army out here, military operation. That's how you gotta do it. Yeah, like yeah. people look at it and say, how is it that how you can work with all these employers at yeah. a small scale? That's mm -hmm. the only way I've seen to make that work. Okay, wow, yeah. that is okay. We're gonna delve, delve deeper into this and how you actually do this and how you actually got to the stage. But just take me back a little bit. What what did you actually do before you started uh, diverse? Yeah, so I started off, um, I went to Loughborough University, graduated 2017 and I worked at BT Sport. Okay, so what, was, what was it that you studied? Economics. Okay, economics, okay. Yeah. So you have kind of like a slight tendency to, to business in a way, okay. In a way, yeah. I think it just helps you understand how money money operates in the world. Yeah. But it's, yeah. There's only so many things you take from your degree, to be honest. The analytical thinking, maybe. But um, I worked in BT Sport, so mm -hmm. did things like manage the app, the mobile app, so mm -hmm. the BT Sport app. I worked in business development. Yeah. The first job I had was actually in the team that sells to pubs and bars. Okay. So my job was just to go around there, really? and check out, have, have a pint as well. Life's <laughs> good. Job, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I did that for a few years, mm -hmm. and then the last job I had was in partnerships. So. Okay. I was between sort of BTE and um, tech companies like Google and Amazon. And um, you know, I, I loved it for a while, I learned a lot, but then it got to the point where I was like, you know, is that all I'm gonna be doing? You know, yeah. helping Google and Amazon and, and um, Microsoft earn just a bit more money. Yeah. If if I left, if I get hit by a bus, they were just replacing me the day after that kind of dawned on Sounds me. Dire. It's true then, man. Like, yeah. that, that dawned on me, you know, especially during the pandemic when you have so much time, I think yeah. it's the same for a lot of people, so much time to just sit and think about what you really, really want. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I want a bit more, I want to have yeah. impact. Yeah. You know, I feel like I really did something. So okay. that's what Wow, wow, wow. Um, that's a great story. So I'm wondering, where, where, at what point did you get the, um, you know, the idea for Diverse at that point in your journey where you were working at the BT? Was it literally right in, in the middle or you just always wanted to do this and then you just finally took the plunge during the pandemic? I think I've always been passionate about helping out young, I think especially young black professionals. Mm -hmm. um, while I was working there, I volunteered on a program okay. which was for people who are out of work, out of education, and essentially it was like a microcosm of what I do now. Mm. So I would go in and I would set up like an assessment centre, I would do like mock interviews and things like that. And I walked away and I did that three, four times. I was like, that feeling is incredible. Yeah. That feels more fulfilling than what I'm doing on my day to day basis. Yeah. I was like, I want more of that. Okay. You know what I mean? But I never really had the idea to like okay. it all happened by accident. I think yes. this is the first lesson. Yeah. People sort of write down those ideas, they're like, oh, I've got to try and find a business <laughs> idea, you know, I've got to come up with something new as I've seen before. That's not the way I think most good businesses have started. It's okay. usually started by looking at problems that probably you experience mm -hmm. and then finding a way to solve that problem. Okay. So I, uh, because of the pandemic, I obviously wasn't commuting. So that gave me a lot of time back. You know, I just told you I'm a morning person. Yeah, so I'm yeah, 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 yeah. What can I do? Can't watch Netflix right there. So got to, got to do something. And 
and I just started putting out content. I remember what happened actually, I was really annoyed. Mm. I remember there was a BBC one day, and mm. I was in the living room, and on TV there was three different points that was made. Yeah. All about uh, black people in the UK. Okay. And one was that one was um, because of the virus. There's that that group of people are more likely to be in long term unemployment. Yeah. Point number one. I was yeah. like, all right, that's that's annoyed me a little bit, right? Yeah. There. Point number two, uh, more likely to uh, suffer from long term mental health issues. Yeah. Annoyed me as well. And then the third point was we're literally more susceptible from dying from the virus. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? I'm done now. There's one too many. And I thought, you know, what can I do? What can I do? Okay. I've done internships, placements, guys, schemes, and schedule roles. That's what I know. And let me just help people do that. Yeah. So I just started creating free content. Okay. So LinkedIn posts, website, mm-hmm. just free content. Started helping people get jobs and got that great feeling again. Yeah. And so it all happened by accident. Okay. And it wasn't until I had this big community, this big audience, I was like, hold on. And I think because of the virus, a lot of people needed that support. Yeah. I was like, hold on, what? I could monetize this, right? Like they, they're all there looking for opportunities. Yeah. Then you've got a load of companies that would be willing to pay to advertise that audience. So you just put a job board in between. Okay. And then because of what happened last year mm-hmm. with uh, Black, Black Lives Matter movement and SARS in Nigeria, uh, George Floyd as well, massive focus on diversity and inclusion. Yeah. And it's not easy for employers to hire um, or attract diverse talent. Yeah. And yeah. I can help them with that. Essentially. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. That is that's crazy, 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 crazy story. And I love the fact that you said that it was like almost like a eureka moment. It wasn't like some sort of pre-planned, pre-ordained way to, to get. And I feel like what you said, you said a very important point in terms of, um, you know, people trying to find this fantastic idea. Sometimes you actually will never know until you, you try. People are so stuck on the idea stage, they don't want to do the execution or try and even try to fail. But you, you just like, this is a problem I want to solve. Let me go about trying to solve it. You know, and you were passionate, you weren't just trying to make money, you were actually passionate about solving a problem. And you feel actually, I can also make money from this, win-win, right? Um, so I was just always wondering. But just on that, the, mm-hmm. the passion's so important, right? Like, yeah, it's, 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 it's super, it's like, super passionate. If, yeah. if you have to be passionate if you can go into business because yeah. any rational person would quit when it yeah. gets tough. And it yeah. will get tough. Right? It will always get tough. It always gets tough. It always gets tough. Yeah. I mean, just in terms of the, like coming up with business ideas, mm-hmm. It's so difficult to go out there and just come up with the next Twitter and the next Facebook. Yeah. Instead, what I think it makes sense for me, look at what already makes money. Look, mm. look at what already is a thing. Yeah. So a job board is already a thing. Yeah. You know, a sponsorship is already a thing. Mm. Newsletter, paid newsletter, already a thing. Mm. And then put your spin on that. Yeah. So I think everyone wants to get to that point where they're <laughs> that YouTuber, they're that podcast making that money. Yeah, yeah. Most people have that thing in between that bridges the gap, yeah. which is like an agency or something that makes money in a normal way. Yeah. And that fuels your ability yeah. to try and yeah, do that other crazy thing. Yeah, yeah. That's that's quite smart. Okay. I've got a lot of questions to ask you. So the job board, where did that idea come from? To, to, for, for the job board? Where was the inspiration? Why do you think job board and nothing nothing else? Yeah, I mean, like, like I said, it's, it's, a, it's a thing that, you, if you're going to go to an employer it's, and you've got this crazy idea or, or something that's intangible, it's hard for them to say, yeah, let's go into business, let's make money. When okay. you start with, okay, got this job board, okay, I'm used to that, that's great. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, we've got a community of underrepresented black and Asian ethnic minorities and we've provided them with this support in the forms that they understand through video and, and mm-hmm. media and podcast content. They're like, 
they put two together and they, oh, they yeah. love it. So that, that's just kind of where, where it came from and wow. talking to candidates as well, right? Like, I'm, I'm 27, that's a bit far removed, but just talking to people and finding out what they want, they're like, yeah, we see all these diversity statements, but we want to find out who's really about it. Mm -hmm. We're socially conscious. Okay. So it, you know? Okay. Wow. So you're kind of like the companies that actually work with you. You're like actually, no, these guys are actually putting action behind their word because actually they are advertising their roles on with us, exactly. right? So they actually are. They're not just saying a statement and they're not doing anything. Wow. That's and their time as well, right? Yeah. It's one thing to put your money into it, but yeah. it's another thing to come to my events, yeah. come to the podcast, give up your time and yeah. give advice. And any employers listening trying to figure out what to do, mm. focus on what you know like, yeah. and help them understand how to get a job at your company yeah. or what different roles are like or mm. what you're doing right Yeah, understand personal finance. Just, yeah. just help first and then yeah. ask after that. Okay, fantastic, fantastic. Very, very interesting. Um, in terms of clients, who was your first client? Are you able to, to tell us um, who your first client was and how did you get them? That's what I'm even more interested in knowing. <laughs> well, no, I'll tell you the first big clients, like I had some smaller agencies in the beginning, okay. but Capital One was probably the first big company okay. that like really believed in me and so yeah. I, I really, really, really do appreciate that. Um, and then after that, yeah, some more big names, Warner Media, Union Days Now, BlackRock, Capital One, I can rattle them off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I really appreciate it. But um, how did I get them? So all pretty similar to business, all the okay. a similar way and very, very simple. You see all my philosophies are very, very simple. <laughs> I don't know how to complicate things. I don't think they're genius. Simplicity um, is the way forward, I think. Yeah. What's, the, what's the great thing about B2B, right? If anyone out there has got a B2B business or wants mm. to build a B2B business, mm. which is why I recommend for your first business, um, is that you can, how amazing it is, you know the title of the person that you want to sell to. Yeah. You know, you can find their email address. Mm. There's this amazing place with millions of people on there which is just for this type of thing called LinkedIn. Yeah. It just happens to exist, you know, and you can just dive into that and connect to someone, slide into the DM and strike up a conversation. It's just okay. the most incredible thing. So pretty much all of my business has come from um, just finding, finding talent acquisition leaders of these companies okay. on LinkedIn and then having a phone call to, to talk to them, a video call. Okay. And look, again, because of the pandemic, everyone's sat at home. Okay. So that's just, they're just sat at home. Yeah. <laughs> it's a normal, normal thing now. And in terms of strategies and tactics, people probably listening thinking, mm. you know, how, what's, the, what's the B2B sales, what's the key to success there? Mm. The way I did it is, the way I've, what I've done is I've learned from others. So, I needed an accountant, so I called up a few different accounts to try and see who to, to go with, right? Mm -hmm. And the way, I don't know, you probably spoke to a lot of accountants in your time, but the way they sell to you is by offering you financial advice on okay. their call. Okay. And so they're like, oh, I basically just saved you a thousand pounds now because that advice you had. Okay, great. Okay. Oh, I'm only a hundred pounds a month. So then in your head, you're like, oh, you've actually just saved me that already. So yeah. I, I have the same philosophy when I talk to businesses. I'll reach out to them and say, um, because everyone's worried that you're going to waste that time. Yeah. So you've got to succinctly tell them you're not going to take too long, so the quick call, and you want to add value to them, yeah. right? Which makes me feel better because I, I feel guilty if I take someone's time away yeah. and I try and sell it something. Yeah. I'm not salesy, so yeah. that, that would make me feel bad. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, cool, I'm going to, for 15 minutes, 30 minutes, hear about your strategy around hiring Gen Z talent. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to try and give you some advice. I spend all my time talking to them. 
So I'm going to see what I can do to help you with that. Okay. So my strategy is I'll, I'll go in and I'll give them some tips mm -hmm. and they're like, okay, it really resonates with them and yeah. then go from there. So that's, that's my strategy, you know, go and add value mm -hmm. and then I then try and close your sale after that. It's the okay. same philosophy with the candidates. Okay. Help them first and then ask right. them Same philosophy. Okay. Simple, wow. right? <laughs> yeah, wow. So it sounds like you can consult, offering like consulting, see servicing in a way. In a way. Yeah, it's, it's a kind of, right? Yeah. That's, that's the word for it, right? Um, so you give them some assistance with some stuff, you review their strategy, and actually it's it makes sense because who they're targeting is you, they're targeting you. So who better than to talk to you <laughs> about it, right? Right? You can say yes, you're targeting me, and this is what I, you know, sort sort of need, and this is what I want. And then from there, you're also saying, actually, by the way, I also have a community, and all these people like me. They yeah. are. So that's fantastic. Yeah, so don't, don't try and sell. <laughs> I don't think I'm the best salesman in the world, so I don't try and sell. And I go yeah. overly honest as well. Yeah. I'm like, this is how many people, <laughs> you know, that they need support. That's why they're with yeah. us. So they're not all, you know, um, walking around getting jobs left by the center. They need a bit of support. You know, here's the price. Do you want to go for it or not? And um, I think if you go for radical honesty, especially yeah. in the world that we're in now, yeah. You'd be surprised, man. I feel like honesty is definitely the best policy. It's like, it's like what they say, um, and especially like you said these days, because these people, you don't want to waste their time. You know, you just want to get straight to the point and say, this is what I'm trying to do. But at the same time, you don't want to come up here transactionally. You want to care about what they're doing. You do care, which is why my own reaching out to them. So I was just thinking, so one of your clients, American Express. So say I wanted to apply to one of their grand roles. What what would I need to do to give myself the best chance to you know land land a, a, a grab role there? Yeah, no, this is a good question, and like I think a lot of the companies I've mentioned, they are competitive, right? It is difficult to get these jobs. Mm -hmm. So anyone who does apply and doesn't get them, don't feel bad. Sometimes I look at these jobs, I think that would, would I get them yeah. if I apply? Like yeah. I'm, I'm kind of an expert in this stuff now, mm -hmm. but would I get it because it's competitive, right? Yeah. So you know that's the first thing I say. Don't feel disheartened if you if you don't get it. But um, because of that, because of that, right, we've got to look at it from the employer's perspective. Yeah. They're going to get a lot of applications. Oftentimes, they come to me and say, Toby, we don't want many more applications. We want to find the right people that really want to work here. Okay. So that's the first lesson, right? You get lots of people uh, who go and apply to these jobs, and they give these like generic, like robotic answers. Yeah. They'll say the things that they think the company wants to hear. Mm -hmm. And they just like get it over and over and over again. Yeah. Why do you want to work here? They just repeat something they've seen on the about page or something, and just it, <laughs> they can just see all the way through it. Yeah. And I don't blame the students because they they think that is what the employers want to hear. They don't. They want you to be yourself. They want you to be unique, and yeah. that's the best way to stand out. Yeah. So if you can essentially get as personal as you can, as, as, you're, as much as you're comfortable with, mm -hmm. that will really, really help you stand out. And just an exercise to go through, if I ask you why do you want to work at American Express mm -hmm. and you just gave me a cut, cut, cut answer from the website, I would say to you, what would you say if you were in, in the pub with your friend or at the bar <laughs> with a friend or on a date or something and they ask you why you want to work there? They always give fantastic answers when yeah. you say that. Like, okay. what's the real reason? What's the real like, reason? for yeah. Warner Media, for example, there was someone who, uh, you know, she just gave a boring answer. I'm like, this is Warner Media. That's like the most fun place. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? They got all the best content in the world. 
And uh, she said, you know, when I was younger, um, I grew up watching Rick and Morty mm. um, with my family on the way to school and it made me feel like this. I'm like, okay, they need to hire you, you know? It's that kind of thing. So that yeah, is the reason. Get yeah. first. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. that that's, yeah. that's how to do it. That is very true. And I think for a lot of grads, when I think, when I take my, myself back to grad, that was a while ago now, so many years ago now. But when I take myself back, I think a lot of that comes down to confidence. You know, I think a lot of it, you are trying to impress the company, but you're not also realising that actually they're trying to look for the best talent too. So they also want to equally impress you, but you don't see it like that. You just see it as like, I need to get any, that big job that I can get, yeah. so I can get paid, but you're not, you don't see, you don't value yourself as much then, but whereas if you do value yourself, I think that you're going to be a lot more honest and you're going to give the, the sort of right answers. So. It's, it's definitely like, I think there's definitely a bit of a gap, which is where I think you're definitely filling in by giving that education and also, um, I was listening to a podcast today, which, is, which was very interesting. It's talking about the fear of senior people. And I think it, those same fears is the same for students, right? They see big companies as these, like, godly, oh my God, like, can I really work there? And I was, I was also like this, right? So I work on one of the big four. And now that since I've worked, I'm not, not to say that it's not a good place to work, I'm not trying to say that, but I definitely uh, put it up on a pedestal. I put it up on a pedestal as a place of, I cannot, I don't think I can get there, I don't think I can, even when I applied for the job, I didn't think I was good enough for the job. That's how like, like ridiculous it was. So I think sometimes you put things on a pedestal, not realizing that these companies are full of people like me and you, right? Okay, yeah, okay, you might not get the job, but that doesn't devalue you in any way. So. Yeah, it's not very, very that. Interesting. There's a load of these companies. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'll let, let you in on the secret, right? There's there's Google, yeah. there's Facebook, yeah. there's, you know, there's Microsoft, there's Amazon. That's that's a lot of tech companies I just named there. Yeah, there's only one of you, right? You you're you're picking between them. Amazon want you to work there and not work at Google. Google want you to work there and not at Amazon. Yeah. So you know, back yourself as well. Have some confidence yeah. in that. They need you as much as you need them. They're fighting for talent in the same way you're fighting for a job. So yeah, you kind of got to remember that as well. Yeah, yeah, no, they're very, very, very interesting. So a lot of people sort of, you know, feel like they don't belong at certain companies. So, you know, a lot of your students, they're probably looking at some of these companies, you know, American Express, Capital One, can they actually, you know, work here? Um, and for me, what it actually takes me into is there's some sense of imposter syndrome. For you, who's the founder of Diverse, how do you overcome imposter syndrome? Yeah, well, well before I talk about myself, just on everyone else, what I've really learned, because I've seen so many people get jobs at the absolute best places, and you realise there's no difference between them mm. and the person that's got loads of rejections that feels that they can't do it. Yeah, it might just be a look at your CV or something, but someone's there listening or watching this and thinking, oh, I can't do it, I could never get to you know, Google. And I spoke to a guy who just got a job at Google who just went through all those rejections and thought the same thing. Mm -hmm. So I know it's tough, but you just really gotta gotta believe in yourself and keep going. Yeah. And to be honest, there there's a lot of impressive people at these companies, but yeah. you'd be surprised, you know, like it's not they're not from a different planet. Yeah. Like they're, they're people too. But for me, maybe I might not be the best person in the world to answer this one okay. personally. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I've definitely had imposter syndrome um, in the past, I think we all go through it at times, but 
I don't know. I, I mean, I grew up doing athletics. I'm, I'm a very competitive guy. Okay. I did, I did athletics. Okay. I did track and field for 11 years. Wow. Uh, yeah, 100 meters hurdles. I was Midlands champion back in 2012. Mm -hmm. Um, back in a long time ago now. But I'm, I'm a competitive person, so <laughs> I, I, I kind of walk into these scenarios, yeah. and I'm like, okay. You know, a lot of people feel the bit of doubt. You know, if you're the only person in the room that looks a certain way, mm -hmm. I'm like, you know what? Cool. I'm gonna. I'm gonna show you. Even if you know you run into a few people, you think they're looking down on me because of the X, Y, and Z, because of where I'm from, or because I didn't go to this school. I'm like, cool. Yeah. I like that. I'm, I'm an underdog. Yeah, you yeah. set the bar low for me. <laughs> you set up the bar low for me. That's easier for me yeah, to get. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? So I don't know. That I, I try and come in with a bit of an edge and be yeah. like, you know what? Go ahead, down me. Like I think, in a way, like just go in and try and thrive in that scenario. Mm -hmm. I, know, I know it's tricky, but. That's kind of the way I approach it, you yeah. know what I'm saying? I don't know if that makes any sense, but maybe I'm not the best person to answer that, but it's kind of like, a, it's just a philosophy of like, why not me? Do you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, why why can't I do it? Someone mm -hmm. has to do it, so why not me? And what I've learned doing my podcast, the diverse podcast, if you want to listen to that, mm -hmm. um, or doing these events, talking to people, is really interesting people who've done incredible things. Mm -hmm. We've all, absolutely everyone, LeBron James, Cristiano Ronaldo, everyone has sat there and doubted themselves. Yeah. So when you think about it that way, you think yeah. even the best of the best, yeah. they're just figuring out. Elon Musk is figuring it out just like I am. Yeah. Yeah, so once you understand that, you're like, it shouldn't be imposter syndrome anymore because we're all feeling that way. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, yeah. I, I get what you're saying and I completely agree with it. It's just like, like you said, just you just got to battle through it and just go through it, like you're going to feel like that, but sometimes maybe be comfortable being uncomfortable um, at times. I, I definitely have imposter syndrome, but like you, I'm competitive and I just say, I can do it, I can do it, you know? Yeah, sometimes I'll be myself like, oh, okay. But then the next day I'm like, yes, I tell you, you can do it, you can definitely, definitely, definitely do it. And I think that is definitely uh, a great way to um, um, be. Sorry, I kind of uh, forgot the next question. <laughs> Can I just add one, one thing on yeah. that? So just on, just on that imposter syndrome as well, like I, I felt it with looking around and seeing lots of competitors, like I say competitors, other companies raising money and getting, and I'm this bootstrap small business and you yeah. know, you, you have that sort of fear. But then I really thought about it and thought, if you keep re redefining like what your USP is mm -hmm. and, and, and who you are and like yeah. what you bring to the table, you know, your elevator pitch, you keep redefining that until you're the best in the world. So, yeah. so you, you kind of find a, a niche for yourself. So if no one, I, I kind of learned this, can create the media that I create for my company. Like any company can, anyone can go and just put together a job board, but you've got to you know, reflect the podcast that I create, the videos that I do, the events that, you know, those are all things that are unique to me. Yeah. Same thing if you're in a company or going into an interview, just think only you can be the best you. Yeah. You know, you've got to redefine what that means until yeah. it's true. Um, but that, that thing helps me as well, you know, yeah. having a niche. I love that. Uh, and it, I was thinking it all this time, like you are your own superpower, you, you are unique, right? And I feel like if you are somewhere and you're doing something, you actually deserve to be there. You shouldn't doubt the reason why you're there. If you're doing well and you're getting success out of it, whether it's at a company or in your own business, why are you doubting yourself? Someone's got right? yeah, 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 you're doing it, right? So people think you're you're, yeah. you're good at doing it. Even if you're not good at something, you can continually improve. It's that it's that not being scared to fail. I think a lot of people need to get over the fact of failure. And I feel like when we were, you know, much younger, 
Failure wasn't a problem. We didn't really worry about it, right? We'll climb somewhere, we'll fall, we'll try, we'll try again. But as you get older, you're just so much more scared to, to make mistakes. You want to just be perfect when nobody is perfect in this world. And I just don't understand. It's because kids, as kids, we live in the present moment yeah. always. Yeah. Always, always, always in the present moment. Mm -hmm. And there's so many moments. And that's why childhood feels like it goes on for so yeah. long. Because we're always in the present moment. Yeah. Whereas as adults, we worry about the future and yeah. regrets about past. Yeah. So that's that, what that's what stops us. But for me, my fear is, is not trying, right? That's the worst, yeah. right? I, I think that's, that's the rest not going for it. Yeah. So you're definitely motivated, I can look, I mean from everything you've told me, you're motivated, I mean even just you know contacting people on LinkedIn, you're know, building your own business, you know, building uh, this community of um, uh, young people to get them into uh, um, these companies. Where does your motivation come from, you say? Yeah, it's a, it's a tough question. I mean I think it's I think the only way I've been able to do what I've, I've done is because it's so important to me. Mm -hmm. So in my life, you know, at whatever point I want to look back and say I had an impact. Yeah. And the thing I'm passionate about is helping out, you know, young black and ethnic minority people in the UK. That's my thing that I want to say I did, you know. And um, yeah, so it's just that that north star okay. of, of of getting there. Like I, I get frustrated. Like you know, it's a cliche thing that mm -hmm. black people drive really fancy cars. <laughs> like, like, get pulled over, right? Yeah, like that's, yeah. a, that's a cliche thing yeah. that always it happens, you see on the news every now and again. And my sort of North Star, my little sort of dream I tell myself is like, one day that, that's not going to be a cliche anymore because yeah. there's going to be too many of us driving fancy cars. Yeah, I love that. Too many of us <laughs> so you can't, you can't, don't really cliche anymore. So that, it's just like having those little North Stars that yeah. you're working towards every day when it gets a little bit tough, it's kind of, you remember that, and I have no idea yeah. how people can run businesses with if it's not like I don't know selling the, uh, some e-commerce like yeah. phone cases. Like, I couldn't yeah. do it. I just yeah. can't do it. I need to have something that feels important. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Like um, some people are just really driven by money. They just want a better life for themselves. Yeah. And yeah. That's what their drive is. But you're right. Like I think you and I, we don't we don't have that kind of drive. We want to make some sort of impact that we have. I think for me, if if I didn't have some sort of purpose where it was like helping people with financial literacy, mm. I don't think the days where it's really tough I'll continue going. Because there's days like I'm like, oh, shall I pack this in? I'm like, no, that's what, that's your goal, that's what, that's what you're doing, you're making an impact in the world. And that's what keeps me going. But for some people, yeah, I guess my money's yeah. out of And it doesn't but yeah, yeah, no judgment here. So I'm thinking about challenges. What would you say has been your biggest challenge and you know, being the founder of Diverse. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's difficult. And we don't want to make it sound like it's, it's easy, definitely. I definitely feel it can be done, but there's challenges along the way. There's a few, it's hard to come up with just one. Mm. I think especially, it's probably true for everyone, but mm. you look at Gen Z as an audience, right? Yeah. You, you're trying to capture their attention. Yeah. This but, is the thing with marketing. You're trying, you're competing. No, no one cares. <laughs> no one cares, just in, you know, in the, simple, the simplest way. Everyone cares about themselves, right? You, you wake up, you do your morning routine, you go to work, come back, go to the gym, whatever, go on a date with the other half, whatever. That's what you care about, watching Squid Game on Netflix. Yeah. You know, watching Arsenal on the weekend. That's what you do, that's what you yeah. want to do, right? 
Uh, what you don't want is to be hit with something and say, oh, let me grab your attention. So that's one of the hardest things to do is yeah. grab someone's attention. And what I've really learned is, you know, I've got all these great things I do for people. They're like, can I get a job? I want a job. Like people are, are looking for something. And in my world, it's like they want a graduate scheme. So it's like, can you get a graduate scheme? Can you help me with that? Yes, no, if not, I'm out. Do you know what I mean? You yeah, have their attention. Yeah. Three, four, five seconds. Yeah. So it's just that, I'm not sure how clear that was, but just that idea of like, um, being really succinct in your mm. any of your messages, yeah. um, so that they know you're not you're not wasting their time, and you yeah. help them get to whatever that goal is. I think that that's probably the most challenging part of it. And then yeah, just obviously running their business is challenging, especially in the beginning where you're by yourself most mm. of the time. Every single decision is just yeah. going on in here, mm. whereas it's a lot easier when you're bouncing off other people and, and talking. So I mean, yeah. that's that's been difficult because you don't want to burden, you know. Um, other people too much talking about uh, your business, so that, yeah. that, that's challenging. Um, but no, now I've got a small team that's that's gonna that's great. great. How, how big is your team now? So we've got um, four people. Okay, um, wow, basically, yeah, wow, this yeah, is gonna be good, <laughs> yeah, well, but yeah. they're not all full time, though, so okay. it's kind of a mixture, uh, yeah. part time, and uh, and that sort of thing. But uh, yeah, growing nicely, so wow, compliment, wow, 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 and I think. You know, going back to uh, the challenges of um, you know capturing people, like you said, we're competing with a lot Netflix, <laughs> you know, other people on Instagram. You're competing with a lot of other media, trying to distract people from doing what they need to do to progress their life, or even maybe even people like you, but not giving as good content, or maybe trying to clickbait them into other stuff. So I I get why some people might be like. Oh, uh, is this really, you know, because there's a trust element, right? Mm -hmm. That's why you build such a big community because they're like, actually, no, I can, can trust this person. It's putting out really good content. I'm able to get a job through all these, all these big, com uh, big companies. These big companies are actually coming out and talking to us to try and help us get in. And then that's where the trust element comes and then just share it. And then you're able to, to build your, your community there because you're um, definitely authentic. I think it's, it's definitely, definitely very interesting. Marketing these days mm. is, is so interesting, especially in the UK. I think it's like, I was reading something that UK, US, other areas, the marketing is, is a little bit different. US, they're a bit more like the wow, grabby, grabby UK. We don't really like the grabby stuff too much. Like, I don't know, you know, I'm a little bit on the fence. I think grabby still gets, gets, gets people. Like I did a, a post about Squid Game. To be fair, I like that, by the way. Yeah, everybody, yeah, everybody, everybody really loved that one. Yeah, that took me a little bit time but yeah. like so something like that right I know what caught people's attention <laughs> you know what I mean but I contextualize it if I just did a you know normal like five five things to help you be better your finances be I would have got the likes yeah. but it would have probably not been as impactful so sometimes yeah. you have to you know you have to like uh, tread carefully that that line between the two and try and capture um, the attention very very, very no you're really good at your channel is, is growing Beautifully, man. So you're really good at it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, so going on to a bit of career bias because we're trying, you know, obviously give, give them, giving them so much value from a business <laughs> point of view, but from a career's point of view. Yeah. Um, what would you say are the most important skills that you need to to land your first grad job? You know, I, I just think about it from this perspective. You know, if I was interviewing or hiring people now, and especially for graduate jobs, they're not looking for you to have mm. a tremendous amount of experience or yeah. even, you know, you, you mentioned skills, but just off the, the, the top, like if you don't have much experience, because usually you have very clear, you know, feel like me and you, you've done this job, that gave you this skill, so it's nice and easy. 
when you're younger, it's a little bit harder. So I guess that's the first lesson. Like you, if you, if it's not immediately clear to you that you have a long list of skills, think about what you have done. Yeah. So if you've done a part-time job, if you've worked at Sainsbury's or Tesco, or mm -hmm. you've been a carer, or you've done anything like that, there are a huge number of skills that yeah. you've developed. You know, customer uh, management and. Um, it could be marketing, business development, sales. Like, yeah. I think everyone needs to look at what they've done and, and have pride in it. That's mm -hmm. what I've seen so often. They're like, yeah. oh, today we've got no experience. And like, but then you ask them, they're like, oh, I did this e-commerce store, worked in ASOS or whatever, and, and yeah. they've, they've done all this great experience. And so I think it's just taking a bit of time to reflect that, the skills that you've developed. And yeah. in, in some ways, you need to dress up nicely what you've done. Um, and there's, there's a, a good podcast that I did with this guy who worked at Foot Locker and he was kind of saying how, <laughs> you know, you could just say, oh, you work at Foot Locker, but instead he was like, oh, but I sold shoes, but then I learned what people really valued and I cross-sold, yeah. you know, protective spray because I, I knew that, you know, that would, people would make it, would think about, oh, I've bought, bought this lovely shoe that I want to protect. So it's like, he just framed it in such a great way of like, um, you, the skills you develop from something that seems relatively simple. Yeah. But in answer to, to your question though, I think it's the ability to make fairly complicated things yeah. really simple. Mm -hmm. I think that's really, really important. Yeah. I think that's why you value certain degrees sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, and I think people go into interviews and they make things really complicated yeah. because they want to sound smart. Mm -hmm. yeah. And they assume the employer is smart, which they are, <laughs> but they weren't there at the time. So, you know, but taking something complicated and yeah. making it really simple, like you were explaining it to a child in an interview, I think is really, really powerful. That's the type of thing that I look for, because that's what you have to do internally. You yeah. talk to people who are super busy, they just want to know the key things, the key facts, they make it really, really simple. And then on, on top of that, it's really just like being keen and being willing to learn, yeah. you know? Like, they don't need to come in and say, I've got all these skills, I'm the best of the best, you need to hire me. They want someone who comes and say, yeah, I've developed these skills, I've done this, I've not done a huge amount of that, but I'd love to learn, I'd love to yeah. learn from you because you've done all these great projects as well. That's the type of person you want yeah, to work with. That sounds good, I love that. that, that yeah, that, that's fantastic, that is very, very true. I feel like a lot of people that go to university just don't really look at what they've done at university and what they've picked up at university and apply that to their CV. It doesn't, doesn't make no sense because actually a lot of what you do or a lot of the skills that you're learning from university, you can actually apply it to you know, work like you talk about all of this sort of analytical thinking, you know, working with others in a group to do a group project. A lot of people don't think about this and how it can translate to actually just adding that to your CV just to say that you had that. And also how, how you talked about job. In fact, when you said about job, I do remember also being a little bit embarrassed about some of my retail retail jobs um, in the past. And I thought, yeah. you know what? Let me just let me just add it. But you're right. You pick up so much valuable skill from doing that, right? Yeah. You can communicate with a customer, which is what you also have to do when you're working at any of these big companies, right? Sell, that's also a skill. Cross-sell, like you said, like all of these things are being, people think it's alien, but it's the same thing, but it's maybe same, more, yeah. you know, it's not more professional, right. but it's in a corporate, should we say, corporate setting. So I feel like a lot of people can't, you know, you know, and I think that, again, that's where your, where your platform does it. Talking like, about- I used to work in a peanut factory. Peanut factory, <laughs> Like, that's valuable now to this day and I just think the other thing I would say is go out there and, and 
around your own opportunities. You know, the, the you know the pandemic was at a time where we saw a lot of jobs mm -hmm. fall away, and then the, the unemployment rate obviously went up. And you know, if you're a young person there at uni, or if you didn't go to uni as well, um, you're really interested in social media, or or let's just say someone like you really interested in personal finance. Yeah. Look at what you've done, right? Like, start your own Instagram page, give out free uh, advice, be careful, financial advice, yeah, well. yeah, you know, yeah. create some content around that if that's what you're really interested in. Or, or if you're analytical, you know, going into an interview with BlackRock, you know, yeah. why not do your own analysis and say, bring to the interview, oh, by the way, I did this analysis on last quarter um, and found these trends, yeah. just wanted to share that with you. Yeah. It's called like the brief tech briefcase technique and in oh, right, yeah. you bring something to the table yeah. that wasn't asked for yeah. but you, you show them that you can do the job before you okay, get the job okay. and then suddenly oh there's 10 other people here none of them did it we need to hire you know Sheila that brought in that, that briefcase <laughs> with the keys to the next oh, oh my gosh know. that's fantastic I, I completely love that I've never heard of the briefcase technique very, very interested. Might have to talk about that a, a, a bit more. Um, talking about CVs, what would you say a student needs to highlight on their CV? What are some of the key things that they should highlight on their CV? Not completely going through it because I know we're yeah. talking about it, but what would you say? Yeah, so firstly, I'm, I'm biased, everyone's biased. There's no one right, right way to do a CV, but I'm a big believer of a one page CV mm. just because, like some of the things we, yeah. we've been saying, um, if you can reflect a lot of information in a short, succinct way, that to me is a skill. So people are like, I've got too many things, I need to put it on three pages. I'm like, well, <laughs> that's the skill though, to be able to only include what's really important. So that's the first thing I would say, try and get it one to one page. And you know, on my website, we've got lots of uh, CV examples, successful, real examples that graduates have used. And you can just copy that sort of layout, make it really simple, so that when they pick it up, they just scan through one page really quick and they can see what, what you bring to the table. Yeah. And I would just try and say with every single point, try and be ruthless in only including the yeah. thing that's going to get you that job, okay. right? And um, tailor it, so if you've got a bit of a profile at the beginning, make it really specific to the company and the yeah. role. They hate it when they pick up CVs and they think it's not quite relevant yeah. to them and you just copy and paste it or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so make it really, really specific. And then make it really action-orientated. So uh, your bullet points experience should be demonstrated this, managed this, achieved this, all action-orientated and not, you don't need to waste space by saying, I did this, you know, you just dive straight into it. Mm -hmm. uh, so make it really action-orientated so they can see you're actually responsible for yeah. driving impact. And then the, the other big thing is include numbers. So numbers, yeah, numbers are so important. Yeah, really. So that, that demonstrates that makes you more credible mm -hmm. to an employer yeah, when they can yeah. see, oh, this person really uh, turns the needle, um, uh, or turns the dial rather, and you can say things like, you know, when I worked at Sainsbury's, I liaised with uh, 50 people per day, or, you know, on my Instagram account, I increased it from zero to 2,000 followers. Those numbers mean a lot of things, and uh, if you take away one thing from today, I guess, yeah. from what I'm saying, it's like, when you apply for jobs, there's like a spectrum of people. There's like, on the left here is like what everyone is willing to do and, and yes. does, which is like hit the easy apply button on LinkedIn and send the same CV, a couple of letters to everywhere. And on the other scale, you've got the other side of scale, you've got people that, that go outside of the box, they go yeah. that extra little bit further. Um, you know, they network, they reach out to people, they, you know, network throughout the interview process to find out those little nuggets that they can use in their yeah. interview. And, you know, 
they, they can kind of stand out on their CV yeah. by, by being kind of really unique and going extra mile. <laughs> that, that's the key. That's the key. Yeah. That's what you look for. So get those numbers in nice and short and succinct. And yeah, super tailored. I think if you do that, then you'd be all right. And yeah, as I said, on my website, we've got lots of examples. Fantastic. So basically just copy them. You know? Fantastic, fantastic. We're going to um, add a link to the description to uh, Diverse's website so you can have some of that resource. Um, the final question from me is, what things can a student do to thrive uh, in a big company? I know what advice I can give, having worked at several big companies, but I want to know what, 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 what advice that you have for them. Yeah, yeah, I love, love that question. And I spend a lot of my time getting you know, <laughs> people jobs. Yeah. So I always don't worry about this part. Yeah. Um, because, you know, that's, uh, that's what people really need is to get that first job and then they're, they're through the door. But you're right, you've got to thrive when you get there. Otherwise, you might not be there that long. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, one month, yeah. That'd be crazy. But, yeah, I mean, so what, what I would say is, when uh, what happens is when you do, when you're you start your your job as a as a young professional, what happens in business is problems. So um, my old mentor used to tell me if there were no problems in business, we wouldn't have any jobs. Yeah, the only reason we have a job is to solve problems. Yeah, very so true. When you get there and, and you'll get that imposter syndrome first, you feel like you, you, you know you, you're you're struggling in some ways. Everyone feels like that. Um, mm -hmm. Then problems will arise, and you'll think. Damn, the world is falling. <laughs> you know, this client said this, that leaving uh, us, that I did this wrong, I misread that, which I did a couple of times. Yeah. Um, it, it's got all hell's going to break loose, and then you go and uh, you bring that problem to other people, and your manager's got a load of their problems to deal with, and they're thinking about that. And so the, the first thing really is to, instead of bringing us a problem, bring a solution as best you can. So when you're in the early part of your career, you won't necessarily have like decision-making authority for a lot of things, but what you can do is, is come to me as your manager and say, Toby, this thing has, got, has gone wrong because of this. This is what I think we should do about it. Yeah. And I've already talking to, spoken to Jessica in HR and, um, and, and I think we should, we should do this because yeah. of, for these reasons. And so that already puts you in this top percent because every other person on the scheme will just come to me and say, Toby, this has gone wrong, what should I do? <laughs> so, but you can come to me in a wow. safe space and say, this is what I think you should do, um, but please, obviously, you've got a lot more experience, what would you suggest? So bring solutions, not problems. That would be, that would be what I would say. And, and I think what I try to do is always be assertive in taking on new challenges and, yeah. and new projects and things like that to just constantly expand, keep getting outside of my comfort zone. Um, because then you just rack up these wins that you could put onto your CV. Mm -hmm. And just going back to the CV, you would be finding projects that you can put numbers to, yeah. so when you're applying to the next job, mm -hmm. you can be adding those to your CV. And with every single one of those projects, mm -hmm. just take it on confidently, yeah, because yeah. It, makes, I know, I learned this, like, it makes no difference. Like, when yeah. you're given, especially if you're given a project, you've got to do it anyway. Yeah. So you might as well, might as well try your best. Or yeah. just act like you know what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, like we said earlier as well, be super honest because I think the one thing that's kind of unforgivable in this world is like dishonesty. You're much better off coming and saying, I made this mistake, I messed up, yeah. sorry, rather than trying to lie about it. Exactly. Like, those are some of the big ones, but uh, what would you think then? Well, in terms of private, I think be curious. Just don't, like you say, just do the job and just be out the door. Be curious, right? Learn about the company. Put yourself in, you know, I, I like to say in the deep end, 
You should because I feel like when you put yourself in the deep end, that's where the most growth is going to happen. If you're so comfortable, you're not going to grow as much as you need to. But if you put yourself in situations where you don't know something, that's where you actually learn, right? Because you're learning. You learn from things that you don't know, right? But if you're just doing something that you can do and you're constantly, you're not going to really, really, really grow. And for me, I think what helped me was that I wasn't scared to take challenges. I just took them on. Even if I, even if I, if I, even if I wasn't completely confident, I still took them on, and again, that enabled me to, to continue to, to grow. Of course, I was scared. I was like, oh my god, can I, can I actually do this? But at the end, you know, I yeah, I did, I did, I did learn how to do it right. I learned who I could, you know, reach out to. Again, you won't go through all of these things if you if you're, you know, living living in in the comfort zone. So yeah, that's how that's how I've. I managed to thrive in my career, just put myself in you know, challenging situations and if somebody asked me to do it, rather than say no, I'm not going to do it, even if it's a difficult task, I'll be like, okay, cool, let me figure out how I can solve the problem like you yeah. said. So yeah, I think, I think that's definitely, definitely valuable advice. Thank you so much, Toby, it's been, it's been a great, great, great episode. What, what do you have planned next for Diverse? Just got to keep, keep growing, man. Like. Um you know, you've got to keep the main thing the main thing. You yeah. can't um, you can't waver too much from that yeah. North Star that I mentioned. Yeah. You know, it, it's easy to get. We're like magpies sometimes, <laughs> shiny things. But you kind of got to keep focusing on what's working and yeah. keep. Um, I have this philosophy that as long as I do what's best for the candidates, for the mm -hmm. students and the graduates, then it will all work out because the opportunities will be there. So yeah. we just got to keep growing. So get more more students. So um, you know, we are diverse.io. That's that's the website, just come on, uh, sign up, everything's free. Yeah. We've got free careers events, loads of resources and opportunities with really good employers as well. So just to help as many people as yeah. you can get jobs yeah. with inclusive employers. That's, yeah. the, that's the goal and then eventually more of them will be starting their own businesses as well and mm -hmm. we want to build that community in different ways and they'll be collaborating with each other with their businesses. So it's, it's really, really exciting. Wow, wow, fantastic. And you say you have a podcast as well? Yeah, the Diverse Podcast, you can awesome. find that everywhere, Google, awesome. Apple, yeah, Spotify, all over the place. And you have an Instagram page, what's your Instagram handle? So we are diverse everywhere, okay, yeah. We are diverse, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube channel. Not, not Twitter, not Twitter. Oh yeah, Twitter, Twitter, Twitter. Twitter. Yeah. Careers is, is, uh, is doing alright. Yeah, yeah. That's a lot to do. I mean, yeah, I know, I know, I know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can get one of your new LinkedIn new as well. Fantastic. Yeah, I love that. That was definitely that's definitely the first time I've heard about doing a refinement refinement until you're the best in the world. I really like how you how you put that because what you're effectively saying is that just think to yourself that you're constantly gonna improve. And I think a lot of people forget that it that we've always improved our whole lives. If you think about like where you came from, like literally a toddler to now, it's all improvement, it's all development. But so many people are so focused on being it now. But okay, let's say let's say hypothetically you became it now, you became the whoever you needed to be, whoever you wanted to be, you made whatever you needed to right now. What else would you have to do? Exactly. Right. That's that would be a problem. Right. That'd be that's very like, boring. Yeah, that's like a lot of you know Olympians they struggle yeah. with depression, right? Yeah. If they, if they you know win a gold medal yeah. and you know come back and you think, well, that's what I trained my entire life for. Yeah. So that's like a scary moment. Yeah. So it's, it's it's all about it's a cliche, but it's all about the process of what you do. Yeah. It's all about the journey. You've got to really embrace that and and, and go for that. And, and you got to realize that you know you've got to love the process every single day. Yeah. And you build up over time. 
And what, what I've learned, now I struggled with this balance in the past of driving to get better versus being sort of happy with who I am now. Yeah. And I kind of just learned this recently, but it's kind of like, um, it's a balance between sort of being aspirational, having higher ambitions, but at the same time being really honest with your expectations. Yeah. You know? So expectation is, um, you know, how much, might be about how much money you make, or how many people you get jobs, or how how you do business. Yeah, ambitions might ambitions might be a, a lot higher than that, and and so you know that's absolutely fine. So you just got to really embrace the journey that you're going along, and you know you today, you're enough today. You, yeah. Tomorrow you're going to be enough tomorrow. Yeah. So you know you, you kind of can't be like, oh, I want to be that person next yeah. year because next year you want to be the person next year. You got to be happy with who you are. Exactly. You've always got to be. And I love that you're saying that. Like. Just have to just be happy with where you are now, and actually, what is what is so bad with where you are now? Like, yeah, yeah. Obviously, if it's in a good place, if you're in a good place, you know, you've got food to eat, you can pay your bills, you've got a good job, you've got a good family system, friends, and all that. What what is the worry? What's the rush? I don't understand this whole instant gratification. I think a lot of it comes from social media. A lot of I want this now, I want this now, so I can show off and I can say that I'm this and I'm that, and I'm like. Yeah, no, really? one, no one cares. No one cares. That's really? the thing that it's I think it's a for like a few weeks and then it's gone. <laughs> but no one cares about yeah. it. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I, I don't like sit around thinking, oh, I'm at it, I can't believe you said it. Like, yeah. everyone think about themselves. Yeah. You've got nothing to worry about. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, no one sat around thinking about your Instagram all yeah. day long. They're in there. <laughs> Some people think that's, that's what it is. They don't. Like, the world doesn't go around. It should be in my experience. I don't know. That helps me sometimes. It's like, we're so individually, with like we think everyone's always thinking about us. Mm -hmm. Really, no one is. Yeah. No one is. Yeah. We're all thinking about yeah. ourselves in, in some simple way, you know. Yeah. yeah. And I love that you say um, also um, enjoy the process because the truth of the matter is the process is always going to be happening. You know, you shouldn't think of the process as um, you know. Sometimes it is hard work, but you shouldn't see the process as a negative because the process will always be there. You've got to do process in anything you need to do. You've got to learn a new language. You have to take the time to, you know, if you want to invest, you have to take the time to research. You have to be patient with your investments. If you want to build a business, you have to do that. If you want to build your career, you know, look at the people who have, you know, get to the top. They've done that for 20, 30 years and they're still passionate, but they still have new goals at that point after doing that for 20 to 30 years, because that's just what it is. And that's how it will always be, right? And I feel like, we have to start thinking about enjoying the process. It's not that bad. It's, not, it's yeah. not that bad. It's really, really not that bad. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much, Toby, and thank you for the final words. It's been a great, great episode. I hope, listeners, that you've really enjoyed this. You know, Toby's spat a lot of gems. You know, we've got a bit of entrepreneurship, we've got a bit of career guidance. If you do need, you know, help with your careers, definitely make sure to check out Toby's content, really, really great content. I'm also going to be tuning into his podcast. I didn't actually know until today that he had a podcast, so I'm really, really looking forward to that and hope you are too. We'll see you next week.